0: On this episode of the Scott Stedman podcast, we're going to talk about the Me Too movement or the silence breakers and really talk about why sexual misconduct happens and even talk about why those victims of sexual misconduct doesn't seem to come out and lift up their voice right when it happens. So stay tuned and listen right here on the Scott Stedman podcast. Good evening, everyone, and welcome interest. to the Scott stemmen podcast. My name is Scott, and today I want to be talking about um, the Me Too movement, or some people may call them the Silence Breakers. Um, back on November 1st of 2017, I did a podcast. It's episode. It's episode 53, where I talked mainly about the Las Vegas shooting. And then I briefly mentioned the whole Harvey Weinstein scandal because that was just starting to to roll out around that time. And I never would have thought that with that scandal coming out, that that would have led to this big empowering movement that had come out um, from that, from... A lot of actors and producers and directors uh, basically being accused of sexual misconduct, and even politicians. And, and it just seemed like there was this big movement. And I think a lot of times, or at least for myself, I know a lot of times, like that dark side of Hollywood or that dark side of politics is always there and occasionally it will pop its ugly head uh, once in a while and then it just kind of quietly goes back in its hole or we kind of make it out like, well, this is just one person and it doesn't reflect the whole entire community of politicians or, um, or actors or producers or directors or anyone in the entertainment industry. And even with I think kind of the big thing that really woke me up was really the when Time announced their uh, person or persons of the year, and it ended up being the Silence Breakers, uh, which had a bunch of women who really talk about you know sexual misconduct, and it's been very interesting to kind of see all this take shape. What's been more interesting. Is just the opposition, and it's not necessarily like a negative opposition, but I think it's just an opposition of cynicism that has been coming out while this movement has been uh, gaining momentum. And like for an example, we have a kids program here at the church, and as the kids were doing their thing, I was standing with a couple of adults, and that kind of got mentioned and one of the most biggest questions was how come people are talking about it now and saying things now instead of back then instead of back then when um instead of back then when all that stuff was happening and it's one of those questions that I think is you know on the surface is a very valuable question you know is something if sexual misconduct happened 15 20 30 years ago and all of a sudden there's now a voice coming out to it why didn't that person come out then And that's always kind of the big question. And really it's been interesting because a lot of times when I read articles or sometimes when I know people who are in the industry today, the entertainment industry, and they shared their stories of sexual misconduct, a lot of times what I hear is that it was kind of – when it happened, they were almost kind of stunned. Like they were living in basically in a dream. And that's kind of the big thing that, that I think needs awareness to because think about it. A lot of these times, most women – are not necessarily going to put up with a bully. Unless in the cases like maybe like with with um with Harvey Weinstein where okay, he's the producer, he's financing your movie and basically he has the power to basically rise you to the top or basically erase your name and blacklist you from Hollywood. So, I can see in those cases where power becomes kind of this big commodity, and someone uses their power or they use their authority to get what they want because they are offering either because what they're offering may be appealing, or the other side is what they're offering could be so damning that you kind of have to really navigate and go, okay, you know, especially for people who aren't acting, you know, acting's my life, I love acting, I love doing this, and when someone is using misusing their authority to do something to you, then that's hard because at one point it's like you give in so you can still continue to do what you love, but you now have to bear the guilt and the shame of partici- of being a victim of sexual misconduct. Um, but then on the other side, your whole career and your livelihood could be over if you choose to keep your dignity. And that's kind of difficult. But I know there's other times where it just kind of happens and you're, you're, you're shocked by it. Um, one of my, one of my friends who's an actress out in, in Los Angeles, um, she actually kind of told a story, which was just very hard for me to hear. And the story was, is that, you know, they were, she was having people over At her house, you know, fellow actors and actresses that she worked at on the stage or film projects, or even sometimes, you know, she had a couple roles on Days of Our Lives just as like a guest appearance. So you see those things like that where it's like, okay, you know, these are people who are also actors, people that you trust, people that you work with, people that you built relationships with, people that you networked with to kind of help you hear about, you know, new roles or or new auditions that are coming up that that could be beneficial for that individual actor or actress. And they're at a party, you know, having fun. Everyone was there. Well, she was tired, so everyone was still partying. She was tired, so she kind of sat on the couch and just to kind of brace herself. And then she she fell asleep, just kind of passed out, fell asleep. Well, she woke up because when she woke up, one of her so-called friends that was at the party had his hand down her pants and was and was violating her. And it was like when she woke up already, you know, you're waking up and then this is the first thing you see. So the first thing she did is she like kind of pushed him away and ran to her room and like kind of shut and locked her door and basically he kind of said something like hey don't say anything about this blah 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 and then he and he, then he left and she even kind of said like you know it was so surreal it was so surreal because you didn't really know what was happening it was it was almost like this surreal moment where she was just in a fog or in a daze and it seems like as more and more of these women are coming out more times than not, you kind of get to this point where you, you just don't believe that it's happening to you. You know, you hear about it, you hear about other it happening to other people, but then when it happens to you, you're you're kind of in a fog in a way. You're you're in a daze and you don't really know how to respond at that moment. And and I think even on a subconscious level when something like that happens you are so you're so guilt ridden you you have all this these negative emotions of shame and guilt and kind of like how did this happen why did this happen I, I, I thought this was my friend. I can't believe that they did this to me. And, and, and you're in that mindset where you don't necessarily think about, I'm going to blow the whistle on this person who violated me. Because there's just so many emotions that are going through that are coming. I think even I was reading a thing with about with Terry Crews and how even he was kind of like groped by like, kind of like a Hollywood bigwig. And, you know, and you you look at the size of Terry Crews and you're just like, wow, like that guy can really, you know, really can knock somebody out. That guy is huge. But then, you know, when he's, he's talking, you know, A, his wife talked him down, but then he even, in an interview, he even talked about how he just didn't, he just didn't know how to handle it. He just, he couldn't believe that it happened to him. And it was just that state of disbelief that really, I think, is kind of one of the key factors that prevent people from going forward, which is kind of why I tell my acting students when I teach acting, whether it's at an acting school or whether it's at a camp or I'm kind of teaching performing arts, one of the big things that I tell my students is I always do an ethics part. And I know it's not usually the fun thing because kids want to act and do things or they want to write or they want to film something or they want to do... Most of them, they don't want to do storyboards. They hate doing storyboards. Anytime when I tell them, okay, you need a storyboard, they all groan. But storyboards are important. Um, so that, that way the director and the, photog- and the director of photography can know what they're shooting and what they're doing. Um, but... I always talk about ethics and I always say, you know, when you are an actor and actress and this is something you want to do professionally for the rest of your life, there's always going to be very difficult choices. And especially if you are someone who is a believer, someone who has very deep convictions um, or deep convictions to your morals, uh, whether that's how you were raised or, or your religious beliefs. You know, there's always going to be that time where, you know, your beliefs can be the thing that's going to make or break you in the business. And you have to kind of make that decision. You know, are you going to break your boundaries? Are you going to move your boundaries or bend your boundaries? boundaries to be able to try to get on top in the business or are you going to try to work your way to the top by doing things morally by doing things ethically and i think that's kind of the the big thing that i'm in a way very excited and i you know it was one of those things where it was late i was tired and i didn't get to see the golden globes but i know you know just kind of reading news articles there's just a lot of people who are like Oh, you know, they really kind of continued on with the whole sexual misconduct with the women wearing black dresses to just some of the speeches that were made uh, from female companions, even to like, you know, even like presenters, like criticizing, criticizing the uh, committee uh, for not having any type of female directors uh, in the best director category. And you kind of see this movement of, you know, women who are basically just not putting up with, with I guess, with male egotism anymore, as some people may say. But really, I think it's they're just not going to stay silent anymore when there's misconduct. You know, they now have a voice and they're going to shout and they're going to say things and. And I, and I guess that's kind of the thing, because when you have one person who's going to try to stand up against a big Goliath, you know, sometimes when the Goliath ends up putting that person down, it kind of keeps everyone else in check or everyone else to be quiet. But now when Goliath has been taken out, and now there is a whole army of not only women, but even men, supporting men who are supporting these women who have been went through this trauma that they've gone through um, behind them. It's going to be very hard for Hollywood to kind of shut down every single person, especially when these are top-of-the-line actors and actresses, top-of-the-line directors, a uh, top-of-the-line director of photographies, uh, top-of-the-line uh, screenwriters. You're, you're, you're going to have a very difficult time trying to shut them up. And I think that's a good thing. Because we want to be able to see equality, equality in all places where women don't have to be afraid of speaking out. And I can remember, and I, and I don't know why this popped in my head, but I remember back in college, I was doing a sociology report and it was kind of, I, I had to interview a woman who is a professional woman who works in the workplace. And basically I have to kind of talk about, you know, some of the harassment or sexual misconduct that she's been through. And it's been very interesting because I remember calling her on her phone and I kind of said, hey, I want to do this interview for a school project. Are you okay doing with this? And I know immediately, immediately, she was asking a whole bunch of questions. What is this report for? Who's going to see this report? Uh, what's going on? I said, it's just a school report. Really, it's just going to be me and my professor. I told her that, you know, I won't even use your name. I'll just talk about, you know, if anything, I'll just use, you know, an alias or, or, or Jane Doe, um, you know, to kind of stay quietly. And she said she would do it but even during that interview she was very nervous and i could even tell she was nervous because she was afraid that maybe like her bosses were like listening to the phone conversation because there has been some things where people have overheard conversations and they don't know if it's just people overhearing them or their or lines have been tapped and i remember her talking to me and talked about you know just kind of how she's disrespected for being a woman that she's not seen equally. And how sometimes there have been sexist jokes or or people have kind of hit on her or made sexual advances towards her. And even though she turned them down, but it was a commonplace of what was happening. And I was just shocked. And even just recently, like yesterday, I was talking to one of my friends who's in the ministry and she was even kind of talking about how, you know, how she's a leader in this organization that she's a part of, and even she's been subjected to sexual misconduct, or or how sometimes she feels like she's not a part of her peers, where she will talk about these leadership things, and it's like her board of directors just kind of scoffs, but then like when one of her directors kind of stands up for her and says, no, I think what she's saying is fine. I think she's saying is right on with the growth of this company and the division and direction is heading. Then everyone gets on board, but they don't get on board when she says it, they get on board when there's a man who's standing right beside her, who's saying the same exact thing she is. And I think that, and I think ultimately we as men really need to stand up for the women in our lives I think we as men really need to stand up for our female workers that that is in our lives. And I think that that's kind of I think that's kind of something that really is something that we need to stand up. I remember I remember being in Chicago at a lead, at a leadership conference and really we talked about race um, and ec- race and justice in America and it was done by Dr. Eric Mason and one of the things he said in a way that can kind of help fight racism is that those of us who are in the majority need to be a voice for those in the minority and it was one of those things where I was conflicted by that statement for a couple reasons because I think that, A, he's right on with that, that for those of us who are in the majority, whether that's based on our gender or based on the color of our skin or based on or based on our social status or our position or po- how much power we have, whether we're a CEO of a company or we're a minister of a small church. Um, You have to be that voice for those who, who their voice, who their voice is being squashed out by society or by other powers. Um, And I think that he's right on with that. I think the other thing where I was conflicted with is like, you know, sometimes if you start to speak up for those who are in the minority How do those in the minority react? Are they grateful for this or are they kind of skeptical because it's like, well, why is this powerful person who's way different than I am speaking on my behalf? I have a voice. I should be able to speak on my behalf, which I think there's valid. There's a valid reason. There's valid reasons for both of those. Um, so I think that's kind of the big thing that I think we can take away from this, and I hope that this movement is kind of continues to go on—the Me Too movement, or the uh, silence, or the silence breakers. Or I think, yeah, the silence breakers. Um, that that continues to go forward and go strong. And you know, and that's kind of the thing like and I I read this and I thought it was really cool because when you look at the cover of the Time magazine for the person of the year, you see you see six women on the cover. And actually when you look at it, you only see five women. But if you look at the lower right-hand corner of the cover, you see an arm, but you don't see a face to that person. And from the person who took the picture and they kind of did that on purpose because that six person represents all the women who still haven't come out, who still haven't uh, broken their silence about the misconduct that has happened to them. And there's a part of me that says, you know, I hope at one day that this movement and seeing these tyrants, these um, giants, whether they're, You know, again, whether these people in power that have used their power to um, cause sexual misconduct to others, you know, seeing them begin to fall, seeing them to be able to fall um, might be a way to kind of help give a voice. Hopefully this gives way to conversations that we can have conversations to discuss these issues and to discuss the equality of not only between genders, but even the equality amongst races. Uh, So that's kind of my thoughts on that. Uh, Hopefully you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. Again, I would like to hear your comments. If you agree with me, if you disagree with me, um, even if you have a story that you would like to share, maybe you were a victim of sexual misconduct, uh, feel free to uh, comment on those. You can comment... um, on my um, on my website, thescottstedman.com. Uh, you can also comment on the Facebook page. Same thing. Just do a search for the Scott Stedman podcast, and um, you should be able to find our Facebook page. And you can like my Facebook page and have dialogue from there. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And again, if you like the show, please review it. Um, you know, if you hate the show, let me know. You know, a lot of times I'm just doing this on basically a bare minimum budget. Um, I don't really ask for any money for this, um, mainly because I just love doing this. And who knows, if I get a lot of popularity, maybe I may think about doing a donation button. Maybe I may think about you know doing any of that. But right now, I'm kind of content with where I am uh, right now doing these podcasts. And really, I thank you so much for those of you are listening. I thank you for those of you who are listening reading my blog posts and commenting on them or liking them or sharing them it means the world to me so thank you guys so much for your support i'll have a lot more podcasts rolling out here pretty soon and i hope you all have a wonderful rest of the week all right thank you so much bye bye i see you dressed in white and